Once upon a time, there were millions of businesses struggling. Every day they wasted time, effort and money on repetitive tasks that added no value. One day, the Better Automation podcast by Processio came to help them find the way. Because of this, these businesses save time, reduce costs, innovate, and make better decisions. Because of that, these businesses grow, scale, and use human creativity to change this world. Hello, my name is Aziz, and I'm your host at Better Automation Podcast by Processio, where I interview the world's top experts and share their very best ideas on how to improve automation in your business, processes, and life. My guest today is Prabjot Singh Lamba. Prabjot is an automation thought leader and the brain behind Crafter. Crafter lets people build APIs with no code at lightning speed. And he believes that in this decade, coding will be automated and more people will be able to solve their own problems and the problems of their communities using technology and data. Prabjot, how are you today? Hey Aziz, thank you for having me here and like I'm doing good. Uh, yeah, looking forward to this and yeah, hope we uncover some cool stuff about automation. 100% and I know as I presented you as an automation thought leader, you have a lot of thoughts about how humans are automation machines that programming is basically a form of automation and the way you perceive workflows and processes in a way that helps you think in an automation-optimized manner. Can you share about that? I think uh, the first thing which I came across like when I was studying in college uh, was like what a robot is in AI and there were three components to it. So the first component was the sensing uh, the second was the compute and the third was the actuation. So most robots pretty much have these three systems. Uh, and if you look at humans, we also have these three systems. Uh, we have sense organs in which, through which we collect the signals and information about the world that we live in. Uh, and then we have our brain and the whole central nervous system, peripheral nervous system, which transmits that data to the brain and then the brain calculates that information, recognizes patterns uh, and over time as it gets feedback from the environment it learns to make better decisions uh, and then for brain to actually go and change something in the environment uh, it will use hands that we have been given and like movement and walking so that then gives us feedback about the information that we have collected and how uh, like if a trigger comes in or an environment some event happens our brain learns to decide okay what is the best path to take to optimize for rewards and failures so that's pretty much how uh, our human brains work and that's like how automation should work uh, so which is why i think like humans are automation machines uh, so that i think is where it's coming from thank you that's absolutely fascinating and to add even more, because you're interested in automation, you focus on it, it's a big part of the work you do. Why did you find it interesting and important 
for you to focus on automation and how did it add value to your work and to your business? So I think one of the biggest aspects of uh, automation came to me when uh, I started learning about programming. Uh, and when I started coding when I was seven, I didn't think about automation then. It was just fun trying to make things animate on the screen or trying to move some item or when I press a button on my keyboard and then something shows up on the screen and then you are able to change that with rules. Uh, I played with like basic languages with everybody does logo, basic uh, and then I learned C++ and then there was Dreamweaver and front page which let me made websites. So it like a lot of the first initial like till college most of it was just like exploration and being fascinated by computers in general. Uh, but then after college, I did my engineering in electronics and came across this subject of control systems, uh, which was, I think it's pretty influential in how I think about processes and systems. Uh, you have block diagrams and then those block diagrams have feedback loops and all that is sort of like very crucial to automation as well. Uh, and throughout the whole uh, journey of like last 12 years of like professional coding, uh, all the patterns have pointed to one direction which is data uh, and like it's all about the data in the end and if you have the right data you can then do stuff with it uh, so I think with Crafter what we are trying to do is allow everybody the access to the data that already exists there's just so much data out there uh, and it's hard to kind of take that data and extract insights from it or use that to take decisions uh, for phenomena that are beyond just like our individual self. So an example would be if you look at uh, the data in on Twitter, right? So if you're part of an industry, let's say no code or communities or something, you can look at all the data that people are talking about in communities, use that information in smart ways through building flows that we say like connect smart machines together to extract insights like okay who is the influencer in this community right of uh, marketing so finding those insights requires a lot of coding to actually clean the data extract and store the data in a database and then run some algorithms on it and then visualize it and then kind of do the data analysis data exploration and uh, data inference so those layers and then you end up saying, okay, this is the person that I think I need to talk to, to get like the maximum value out of my conversation. So that all takes teams of people to do right now and a lot of expertise, but I think with no code and uh, abstraction, we are getting to a place where if you have the data, you can pretty much get to those insights in like five hours, one hours, maybe even 10 minutes because everything else has been automated for you. Thank you. And that's a very important issue. You spoke about cleaning out the data, thinking about it. Well, when it comes to business people, how will they decide which data is the most valuable? Because like you said, the world is full of so many things that could be measured, so much data that is available. How to prioritize or at least know which data is worth focusing on and it can be like a key indicator and which should be maybe secondary or is not important at all? Yeah, that's a big, that's a good question because it's a very hard thing to do because not all data makes sense. Uh, 
and it mostly depends on your understanding of the domain that you're in and the kind of questions you ask so if you have like if you're working in an industry of let's say marketing automation and you want to and in that specifically let's say lead generation as an example so you know the scope of the problem that you're solving your goal is to fill the funnel with the right candidates uh, to take them to the next stage right now having an understanding of the goal very clearly is the first thing that is where expertise comes in uh, and the second thing is what's your current process for doing that uh, and then drawing a diagram of like this is what we do manually we collect data in google sheets manually uh, and then we take that data and then we run it through some google excel formulas and then every time a new data comes in we have to remove all of that and create a new one or just like mapping out the process end to end and then figure out in, figuring out the rate determining step right like what uh, which part of your process is the one that is taking the most amount of time uh, and then trying to automate that part instead of like the whole pipeline at once uh, and then once you fix that again like the rate determining step will shift to something else and then you fix that and then over time uh, you will build like this whole pipeline which will be as automated as possible uh, and that's like the approach people should take this is really, really great. And I know you have a lot of experience with larger projects and automating them. I remember it was something related uh, to in India and the money and all that, that the people were doing it in Excel before and you did something to automate it and to make it a lot more effective and under control. Can you share about that project, the benefits, the usefulness, and everything that happened in that situation. Right. So uh, it was a project for the income tax department. Uh, and the idea was that there's a lot of shell companies which get formed. So people create a company and then they create a lot of other companies in the name of their family members and people that they know of. Uh, and then they transfer funds to those shell companies and then make it harder for their money to get tracked. Uh, and in a population of like a billion people uh, where the processes are not that automated, uh, it can be hard for people analyzing that data to get to like the seventh company where you actually take out the money into your own account. So it was a like, it's a very data-based problem, which is why so many people just get away with it, right? Of like tax fraud and uh, just, selling money out of the company so we i basically build like a knowledge graph uh, of all the transactions that happened between two entities uh, and because of that knowledge graph finding out the where the fraud was happening was almost instant you could just see the fraud happening on your screen uh, and you could run algorithms to de determine like which of the people have committed frauds and all you had to do was like upload all the returns of everyone uh, and then you get like a list of all the people who have committed those frauds so it had a huge impact in like finding uh, who the people were and which the companies were who were doing this uh, and then creating evidence for that as well like it generated a report for like this is what you did in this year with this amount of money so we have proof and now we can challenge you thank you that's very useful and very important work that you are doing. I don't know whether you used no-code tools or you did the programming yourself for this project, but in general, when it comes to automation, 
all the competitors in the market, what do you feel might be missing from what they offer? Uh, what frustrations could people encounter when using such tools? I know you're focusing with Crafter on APIs and you know, Processio here as well is taking things to the next level compared to competitors. But what is the current frustration and what do you believe will be the future of automation? What new technologies do you see up and coming that will change things or will make things easier and better? Uh, so the, the first question which you asked is like what's happening in the like ecosystem right now. I think there's a lot of focus on building generic automations, uh, like copy data from X service to Y, like from Google Drive to Notion, or uh, like copy data of your CMS and then use that in some other place, or add data to a CMS. So it's mostly all CRUD-based uh, automation that is very popular because yeah, that's the first thing you need most of the time. Uh, but the biggest thing where I think a lot of companies will not like put the not companies but the products would fail is like going deeper into the automation so uh, which is where i think like data cleaning is hard to do in all these systems uh, like running a for loop is almost impossible in most of these tools uh, and most data is list and then you have to clean each item in the list and do, run validation checks uh, and that's an indication of like the problem with their fundamental design uh, it's like the blocks like it's all about blocks and everybody just talks about blocks and they think about workflow automation uh, but then how do you design those blocks and what they can do is where like I think the innovation is uh, with Crafter as well where uh, we think like we our Lego blocks are better than theirs because uh, of the amount of flexibility it gives uh, so to expand on that I think if you think about no code automation there are two things one is abstraction and the other is flexibility so abstraction basically allows you to make tasks simpler by creating higher order functions for it so like i could make a single block which lets you get all your youtube video information right uh, or i could make a lower level block which could say okay crawl any website uh, give me the url give me the selectors and then get me the information from it so you could connect those four blocks and then build that higher level block yourself right so having the capability to run the lower level task or uh, play at the top level blocks is what allows for flexibility so a person who doesn't know coding or computational thinking or how to think about rules if else how browsers work for them higher order blocks work really well which is why Zapier is very popular in that category. But when you have to go deeper and when those higher level blocks don't do exactly what you want them to do and then you want to change something, uh, that's when you get stuck and you need to go deeper and allow for like more customization. So having that is where I think like flexibility in tools comes in and that's I think the next step for automation. This is absolutely great and fascinating. And please tell me, I know you're working on a lot of projects, you have focused a lot on automation. Do you feel that other than the bubble, <clears throat> other than the automation expert like area and niche that you're part of where everybody's trying to be efficient and automate, do you feel a lot of business people, entrepreneurs or busy people in general 
take time to automate the repetitive task? Do they understand it? And if not, why not? And if so, what do you think is like the big problem that causes people to begin looking into automation who are not coders or people who have grown up understanding that this is an important thing? I think the basic answer is like one, like most people are now getting like because of no code tools like Bubble uh, and like Airtable, people are trying to understand, okay, so how do you even organize data and create relationships between data, which is like the fundamental concept you need, like data, like representing related data in your head is not that easy as it sounds. Uh, For people who know, they know. For people who don't know, it's like a big first step to cross. Uh, And once you cross that step, then you come to the next step, which is like, okay, so I have this data, which is like very nicely connected related data, which I've built. Uh, but there's also data in some other service and some other service and I just want access to that so then you start thinking in APIs and okay so I have to connect these multiple data sources into one system uh, and that is the system that I'm trying to build Uh, and once you get past that barrier then it comes to like build thinking in systems right so I might be building let's say Flipkart or Amazon I have to like if you divide it into systems you think of okay I need a checkout system I need an orders tracking system, I need an inventory system, and I need like a browsing system for people. So now you have these four systems, they have their own data sets, they have their own logic and flows, but then they also talk to each other. Like when you click on add to cart button, it goes to the orders page, uh, and on the inventories it shows you like this is already in your cart, right? So two systems talking to each other. Uh, so that is where I think the problem is. Uh, it's a like people are learning it'll take some time to for most people to get there some people are already there uh, and the coders have been there for a long time so uh, the so you can start with like coders and making their life easy and go down uh, the pyramid and like where there are a lot of people or you can start at the pyramid and then go towards up where there are a lot of experts so uh, it depends on like uh, like you should think about those things when you are designing your learning content, your initial distribution strategies, and who you are messaging as well. Uh, so yeah, just knowing your customer and then thinking about where they stand in the pyramid kind of helps you disti- like distinguish from everybody else. Thank you. Really, this is I love automation. I believe a lot of human time and human creativity is wasted on mundane, mediocre, and repetitive tasks, and that we should evolve beyond that. But at the same time, I want your perspective where some people will think if everything is automated, a lot of people will lose their jobs and uh, they will not be able to do the work they're used to doing, while others say, of course, that's great because it liberates the human mind to do greater things that cannot be automated. What's your perspective on this? Did you see any uh, stories or experiences that confirm one or other view about this? And what is like your biggest reason or argument to encourage people to automate more? It's uh, it's like the major question. I think like there's no... like. You, you have different examples for different things uh, and like if I consider so first I'll think of like tell you like how I think about this so if you think about the industrial revolution and like how assembly line and 
the production was scaled at that point in manufacturing and all the other aspects of uh, building a lot of products for people to consume uh, like that threat the same questions were asked back then like what will happen to factory workers and like what like if everything is automated what will we do uh, and the major counter argument there was uh, there are things that you sh- uh, humans are capable of like human brain is a very rare thing right on the planet and uh, there are better things that it can do uh, and it when you automate the mundane task you're absolutely right it frees up people to be more creative and find think about other aspects as well uh, and that's where thinking in factories helps uh, but factories they are all about raw materials of the world today i think like when you think of workflow automation i think of it as information processing factories where the input is not like cotton or nitrogen or hydrogen but it's like ones and zeros or data of certain type and then the output is a data of another type and you are building like these assembly line kind of systems that convert one data to another form uh, and that is where like a lot of boring tasks like cleaning data can be covered uh, you can uh, merge data which is very complicated to merge otherwise uh, and that's where a lot of the boring tasks will be done and people can focus on building applications solving problems of their community and actually spending more time on talking to their customers than <laughs> handling of data uh, which you can pretty much automate so allows for more uh, for solving real problems basically like which help people uh, so that's one point aspect of it uh, the other aspect is like there is ai coming uh, we can see like if you saw dali 2 what what it did with like art uh, so again like ai is looking at creative aspects of automation that can be automated like why would you need to spend 10 hours on drawing when you can just type give me an image of a man and a dog and it shows you like 10 different reference images uh, already drawn which would be better than what most people are capable of so uh, I don't know how that will pan out it's 10 years into the future Uh, but I still think like automation right now has a role to play where this there are like terabytes of data which is just kept somewhere and nobody has the time to go through it uh, because they're stuck in basic problems. So if we automate that, we can extract a lot of insights and help a lot of people. Uh, and the third point of like why I think everybody should do automation and how it helps an individual and small businesses uh, is because uh, automation has always been expensive. Uh, it is not that easy to get into even Zapier for a lot of people. Uh, like the cost start to scale as your use case start to scale like rapidly so making it affordable allows for everybody to get the benefits of uh, the automation uh, which helps everyone become a maker and not just a consumer Uh, and when you can uh, automate you can build systems on top of each other most people get stuck in a pipeline all their life like get up do this and then done but with this you could get up do this once automate it and then get up do something else and then automate it and now you have like these stacks of things that you are able to do uh, which lets you get compounding returns i agree compounding returns is is what we're all about here at better automation and at processio and just one final question imagine there is a business person right now who wants to scale their business, for example, automate as much as possible so that they can free up 
people to work on the task that will help the company that is scaling or anybody else, what is your recommendation to approach any new automation project? What could be the ideal steps? What should the people be aware from, uh, aware of? Which uh, mistakes should they avoid and steer away from? Like, if you could design an ideal approach to uh, someone new at automation to undertake their first automation project for their business or for somebody else, what would you recommend? Identif first step is identify what data you have. Second step is what is your process? Uh, like what are you doing right now? Like what's your business made up of, core business? And then what are the operations made up of? Uh, write them down, map them down, whether it's like, like you think of it like a recipe. So how do you make a sandwich as a recipe? You write those steps down. Uh, and then once you, once you write it down, you'll realize how many assumptions you're making while you're writing that down. And this is like a very classic algorithm example in computer science uh, courses where like teacher asks you to like, can you write the algorithm to make a sandwich and people miss out steps like get the bread and then pick one slice of it and then take out the spoon. So break it down as much as possible based on your own understanding. Uh, then identify the data, like the input and output of each step. So who is responsible and what is the data that goes into this system and then comes out of this system? Uh, and then within this system, is there some way to automate it? So if you follow these steps, let's say you have a use case of, uh, I have these PDF documents where we write our RFPs for clients uh, and then I want to tag them because we, right now I have like 10 people who are manually looking through those docs and then identifying keywords and manually tagging them, right? So now the input is the doc and the output is the tags. So what is the system that is available that can do this for you and how well does it function, right? So that research can tell you, okay, so with AI, I can probably extract those tags and they are 80% uh, accurate. Uh, but then instead of those 10 people, I can get it done with two people who can just look at those tags and then remove the tags which don't seem good. So you have reduced the time of doing the task by 10x or something. So, uh, and then slowly do this for a lot of your operations and your other businesses. This is absolutely fascinating. And I recommend what you said 100%. And if people want to know more about you, to use your services or to check out Crafter, what are the best links for them to go? And I'll make sure to include some in the description. So you can find me on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is PrabjotSL. Uh, and for the product that I'm building, which is an automation platform, which lets you build automations with Lego blocks, uh, it's called Crafter, uh, C-R-A-F-T-A-R.io. Thank you very much, Prabjot. And I cannot end this without, you know, letting the listeners know that they can get access to a free account at processio.app where they can get one full hour of uh, automation execution, which is equivalent to 100 human hours. And for those who don't know yet, Processio is the modern low-code, no-code platform for advanced automation and creating an enterprise-grade backend for your software. And you can request access to a free account that you can use for a long time and benefit and simplify your life and free up your time. And any 
time you're ready to upgrade. Also, there is a wonderful 50% discount code, which is better 50 off one word, all capital letters. The link is in the description and Prabhjot, this was my pleasure, my honor, and my privilege to spend time with you and thank you for all the insights. Thank you so much for hosting and for inviting me and it's an honor to be here and yeah, it was a fun talking to you about automation.